Hello? Hey there. So let's just talk about it because I think we have to stop avoiding it. (laughs) Today's episode is called Avoiding Conflict. So thank you so much for listening to the Imperfect Woman podcast. Each week, I really want to be having conversations with you that matter. The stuff that kind of, mm, how do I want to say it? This is the stuff that basically dictates how our entire lives unfold. Does that sound dramatic? (laughs) It kind of is, actually. And I just feel like no one else out there is really talking about this stuff. It's all a song and dance, all of it. Like, where's the realness? Where are the real conversations? Where are the conversations where friends just sit down and talk about things? What happened to that? I think cell phones ruined everything. I really do. Can you remember like back in the day when you had a phone and it had a cord (laughs) and you would just sit there and talk to your friends about things that were on your mind or things that happened to you that day? Well, this is our way to do that. So I really like it and I hope you like it too. And I just needed to call you today and talk to you about how I keep avoiding conflict. Like it's a habit and I can listen because maybe you keep avoiding conflict too. Like it's a thing and you just do it. So my backstory of avoiding conflict, let's see. Um, Basically, when I came out of the womb, And until today, where I am 36 years old, I have avoided conflict. I cannot stand conflict. I actually hate conflict. I will use the word hate, and I don't like to use the word hate. I hate conflict. And I have had to get comfortable with conflict, you know, running a successful business. Oh my God, there's conflict every single day. I've had to get comfortable with conflict. I I mean, in the workplace, when I worked in corporate, conflict is everywhere. And I just tend to run away when I find it. If my conflict dart starts to go off, like beep, 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 I'm out. Like, I'm out. As soon as I start to like feel the beep, Beep. I'm I'm gone. I'm gone. I'm like literally running in the opposite direction, physically or mentally, just depends on the situation. I do not like conflict. I avoid conflict at all costs, and that is just me. Now, this has affected me in my life in, in big ways because as you can imagine, someone that grew a successful career, someone that grew a successful business, I've had to put myself in situations where there's naturally going to be conflict, where people don't like me or people are just having a bad day themselves and they decide to take it out on me, which happens all the time, especially in business. And every single time I start to come close to conflict, I'm like, like my stomach sinks a little bit. So side note, before I went to hit record for this podcast, I was sitting down and I saw an email come through and I saw like the the little preview of the email and my stomach 
literally just like dropped (laughs) like to an empty pit, like the bottom of a well. That's what my stomach felt like. And it it was simply because I was like, oh my God, this is a bomb email, aka conflict. (laughs) This This email has conflict. And I've just exposed my eyeballs because I saw the preview to this and holy crap, now I have to go record a podcast episode that I was like all super excited to record and thinking about it and everything is flowing. And damn it, now I found this email and I saw the preview and it's going to ruin everything for me. And if I look, if I look at it like, oh my God, this is done. My energy is like tanked. And if I don't look at it, Oh my God, I'm sitting here thinking about it the entire time. So I decided to look at it. I I looked at it. I looked at it. (laughs) And it was completely fine. Somebody was literally just sending me something. (laughs) Like no issue. No issue at all. No issue at all. I literally made up the issue inside of my head. The email had no issue. It was a very happy email, actually. I... (laughs) I I just literally made it up inside of my head and I know I cannot be the only one that does this. And it just got me thinking of for how my entire life I have, of, of course I've faced like real conflict, but I think that's like half of it. I think the external, I'm going to call it like external and internal conflict maybe. I don't know. Maybe we'll come up with a better way to describe it, but I see the external as in like, Somebody's having a really bad day and they decide to take it out on me. Or maybe I did something incorrectly or I actually did something that I could have done in a better way, but I didn't. Or maybe I have let someone down in some way, which by the way is equivalent to like the worst torture ever for somebody like me. And like I I deeply, deeply fear disappointing myself and others. So keep that in mind the entire time. So there's this external where it's like something can come at me. Maybe I'm the cause. Maybe I'm not the cause. Doesn't really matter. And then there's internal. And internal conflict is, to me, it's kind of like the conflict I've made up inside of my head. So literally, I make up problems that don't even exist. Did I just admit that? (laughs) Okay, I'll do it again. I make up problems that don't exist. And I think admission is what the, the first step to recovery, right? So I do it. And I know other people do it too. And maybe you do as well. Maybe. Or maybe you just haven't admitted it yet. Maybe after this episode, you'll admit it. And you'll be like, oh my God, I can't believe I was doing that. So Let me explain. I have this habit of making up problems that don't exist. So for example, like that email, (laughs) what a perfect timed example. Hello, divine timing. So let's talk about it. I made up the issue in my head, the problem that that email was going to have conflict. I literally saw a preview and my mind went to the worst place possible not the best place, which could have equally happened or likely even had a higher chance of happening in this particular scenario. Oh no, my mind just automatically worst place ever. 
why? Why do I do that? I, I don't know. I guess I'm just so afraid of letting other people down or letting myself down that it's like I automatically start shaming myself in my own head, even if it didn't even happen. So I, I do this a lot and I try to catch myself from time to time. So how I'll do it is I will ask myself, I know this sounds kind of silly, but like I'll ask myself, would this problem exist in the court of law? And I do this a lot with myself with limiting beliefs too. Like if I, if I'm like telling myself I can't do something or it's not going to work, I'll be like, would this actually be true in the court of law? Yes or no? Can I provide evidence to the judge? Could I win this argument? I am not an attorney by the way, but just kind of like imagine it that way. And I have found that to be really helpful for limiting beliefs. So if I had a limiting belief, like, um, let's see, this won't work for me, like insert this, like whatever this is to you, like said goal, this won't work for me. If I took that belief and I went to court and I stood in front of a judge or I had an attorney standing in front of a judge and we tried to make this proven argument that this won't work, would this argument actually hold up? Like all the evidence that we can literally predict the future and this is not going to work, right? We can't just look at past experiences and say, oh, well, because this didn't work two years ago or five years ago or one year ago, or one month ago, then naturally that equals <laughs> this won't work right now. And we all know that's not necessarily true. So it's not like past precedent can create this assumption that something won't work. And that's how I catch myself in many, many limiting beliefs. But even with this conflict stuff, that's how I think about it too. That's how I figure out if I'm making something up or not. So for example, this is so funny, but let's go with it. If I took that email, like let's just say I didn't open it. I, I just took like the the little header preview of the email. Let's say I saw the preview on my phone and I took a screenshot and I went to court and there was a judge and either I or my attorney showed this screenshot to the judge. And I was there to say, argued the fact like this is going to be a negative email that is full of conflict that drains every single happy piece of me and my joy and all my energy. And I'm going to therefore record a podcast that is horrible. Okay. And then like, I just held up the phone and I showed that screenshot to the judge and the judge, let's just say she like looks at it, takes her glasses off a little bit so she could see better. And she just looks at the phone. She looks at me. She looks at the phone. She looks at me. She looks at the phone again. And then she slowly raises her gaze above her. Okay, so that was my phone and it rang. And even though it was set on do not disturb, <laughs> that was my husband, which I guess he has that emergency contact thing where it like disrupts the do not disturb. So anyways, back to my story. So the judge looks up. The one final time, like the really slow gaze. And then she's like, did you open the email? <laughs> and then I would just say, no, your honor. 
I have not. (laughs) And it would just be over. Like literally it would just be over. That's it. And that's silly, right? Because just that one preview of the email doesn't mean it's going to be a negative email unless the preview actually said, I hate you and blah, 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 (laughs) like whatever a negative email would say, right? So, well, at least that's what a negative email sounds like to me, even though if I'm reading it and it completely doesn't say that, if it has any type of negative tone that makes me feel like I've disappointed somebody, it automatically says that in my head. Yeah. So yeah, that happens too. So anyways, I create problems that do not exist. And like, where does that even come from? I I don't even, how do we learn to do things like this? I guess it's a protection mechanism, maybe. But then if you think about it, how, I just, I have to think about like how humans were designed genetically, our DNA from way back when, before all this technology and other stuff existed because we were not designed for that. And I just have to think like, how does it behoove us to have a brain or a mind or a heart that automatically goes to the negative. And then it makes me think of like Seth Godin's lizard brain thing where it's like the the original functions of our brain to protect ourselves. Just basically, you can look it up, but it, it, it's like, I'm going to paraphrase, to the, to the tune of something like we're, we're running in meadows or fields or something like that. And we're just trying to protect ourselves from all the threats out there, like animals that might want to eat us and kill us. And that part of our brain is just there to make sure we're not going to do anything that would get us killed. And I think the whole lizard brain concept kind of comes in right now into this conversation because it's like I'm trying to protect myself from an email that I think could hurt me, but it's actually not going to hurt me, but I don't know that yet, right? So I'm perceiving it as a potential threat as opposed to a potential positive thing, right? I'm not seeing the email. Oh my God, this is such a nice email. If I open this right now, maybe I'll be even in a better mood and I'll record a better episode. Like I, I literally didn't think that one time, not one time. Isn't that sad? And it makes me wonder how many other times do we do this in a day where like we want to go do something or try something out or just go for something and then we automatically assume the negative. It's the whole lizard brain thing. And then we start making up problems that don't even exist because we're trying to protect ourselves. But it's like protect ourselves from what? From what? And I have found that I, I I still do it, obviously, because I did it today, but I'm better at it because now at least I can function in, I guess, what would technically be risky, would be risky areas of life, like owning a business, having relationships, talking to people, like functioning every single day requires the ability to manage conflict in a way. Because if you can't, then pretty much you're just going to lock yourself in the house and have no interaction with anyone. 
because that is really the only way to truly avoid all conflict. It's like, just don't interact with other humans. But then still at home, (laughs) you still have the conflict that happens inside your brain where you can start making things up that maybe it's not even about humans. Maybe it's about yourself or your worthiness or your own value as a person. Yeah, this stuff goes really deep. So I make problem I make problems up that don't exist. That's like that that's the internal one. All right. So let's talk about the external one because this one's always a doozy. So basically, conflict with other people, in my opinion, it still all roots back to the fear of us women disappointing ourselves or disappointing other people. I think that's the root to all of this, honestly. So many times I talk about this, but hopefully if you've listened to a lot of the past episodes or maybe you've done um, Mallory and Chill, <laughs> what I call it, and you've just been like like Netflix and chill, but Mallory and Chill, where you just like sit there and binge watch or listen to these. It, it's it's kind of, it's a theme. It's a theme. And I think so much of us, like we are here, in my opinion, our purpose here in life on earth is to simply become the most fully expressed best versions of ourselves. To me, that is any woman, any man, any gender. It doesn't matter what you identify with. I think that is our purpose, just to simply become the best, most fully expressed versions of ourselves. Because if we allow ourselves to become that, then we've done everything that we possibly could in this life. And therefore, we will have that satisfaction on our last day when we take our last breath that no matter how much time we've had, we've done our best. And isn't that all we can ask for at the end of the day, just to have done our best? I think that's all we can ask for. And so this conflict with other people comes in where relationships, interactions, like this email it was a potential conflict with another person, right? I made up the conflict in my head, but I made up the problem because it was actually about another person. (laughs) So I created this kind of like internal confliction energy for myself, but it was really based around another person because if the other person wouldn't have emailed me, like the trigger, then I wouldn't have even made up the problem, right? So... Conflict with other people. I avoid conflict with basically any human that exists, really. Now, sometimes I will actively go into conflict, but that's usually because I had to. Like, ethically, morally, integrity-wise, like, there is going to be a very strong reason if I move into conflict with you. And I can already tell you from my personality type, it's because there's some type of like moral, ethic, or integrity thing going on. My personal beliefs are just very strong. I'm a very ethical person. Like, and 
I don't even think I could live without integrity because I would feel like I would be living a false life. Like that really matters to me. So if something is threatening those beliefs about myself, like some type of conflict or person, then I will charge at it totally, (laughs) which is interesting. Like that is the only exception. I will just run into conflict if something like that happens. But usually if, if I'm not feeling that, then I will run the other way. Now this email, let's just use this as an example, could have poked me in the moral, ethic, integrity zone. Like maybe this person was accusing me of being someone without integrity, as an example, let's just say. So the email could have had that. So like initially, my thought was avoid email, avoid email, avoid email, do not open email, like the beep, 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 like the second, and and then it got really loud, beep, 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 beep. So first of all, like my action was to avoid. But then... I opened the email anyways, didn't I? Which is interesting. I'm like a little human experiment over here. Then I did open the email. I was about to record the podcast and literally, here's what went on in my head. I came to peace with whatever is in that email. I am going to handle it. Kind of like, I'm gonna handle it like a boss, whatever that means, but that was the vibe. Boss vibes. So whatever was in there, I actively decided in my mind and in my heart, both, I I made the decision, no matter what is in there, I am just going to handle what's inside. And that was that. And that's why I opened that email because I think it would have just eaten me alive if I didn't actually open the email and I sat down to record this podcast because I would be so worried that something in that email was in accusing me of somehow not having integrity or letting someone down or something like that. That was my fear. My fear was something like that would be in that email. And I would just keep thinking about it and thinking about it and thinking about it. So I came to peace with if something like that was in the email, I already know like in my heart of hearts of hearts of hearts that I would never do something that is out of integrity or not moral or not ethical. Like I I just literally wouldn't do it. And if I ever did something like that, it would just be because I literally had absolutely no idea whatsoever that it would have been out of integrity or not moral or not ethical. Like I will never consciously do something that is not moral or of integrity or ethical, if that makes sense. So I already know that about myself and I have inner peace about that inside of me. And I think that's also why I trust myself. I'm, I'm just going to do the best I possibly can at all times. That episode was last week. If you want to go listen to that, I trust myself. But this 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 is a component to trusting myself, I believe. Like I, I just know what's inside of me and I know what I'm made out of. So being that I know it's inside of me, I actively decided, hey, if I open this email and this is something really negative, I'm going to be able to handle this. I'm going to come out on the other end okay. I trust that I'm going to be okay. This is what was going on in my head. I wasn't saying this out loud. I was thinking this. So 
I'm just telling myself, I trust that I'm going to be okay no matter what is coming at me in this email because I know who I am and I've done absolutely nothing wrong. I've literally done nothing wrong. So I made peace <laughs> with the the conflict that was coming at me, but I was also creating internally. I made peace with it. And this all happened within like mm, about a 20 second time frame, I want to say. So I made peace with it and I just opened the email and I read it and I was like, oh, this is fine. This is no big deal. Oh my God. It's like that, uh, what's that like emoji with like the the sweat dripping off of the forehead. <laughs> That's what I felt like. And I was just like this laugh, like, <laughs> like that nervous kind of laugh. <sighs> so I opened the email and it was no issue. It was just no issue. I did not have a conflict with another person, which was good news. And I didn't even need to have a conflict with myself. So that was it. But it's so interesting to me how many times I do this a day and I can give you another example. So our two-year-old started at this, it's like a summer camp preschool thing. And she does not like when I take her to school. Five minutes later, she's perfectly fine. And she's running around with the other kids. And then I go to pick her up and she cries because she doesn't want to leave. But it's like that moment of separation in the morning, like the, the five minutes where I take her there and then I have to leave. That is her moment of hell. She just, she cannot, she cannot, she cannot. And she gets really worked up. And sometimes she'll work up to the point where she's like hyperventilating and then she just throws up all over herself, whatever she ate, just everywhere because she just worked herself up. And I know that she does this. I've seen her do it more times than I can count on my fingers. I, I just know it. I know it, I know it, I know it. So she's at this new camp or preschool and like what well, yesterday was the first day and my husband said he would take her <laughs> and she doesn't do this to him. And I was like inside of my head, I was like, Oh my God, thank God, thank God, thank God, thank God, thank God. Like prayer emoji. My hands are in like the prayer emoji motion right now. That was all that was going through my head. Thank God, thank God, thank God, thank God. Because look, I didn't want to face that conflict with her, my two-year-old daughter. I didn't want to face that conflict that she was throwing at me like, hey, mama, you're leaving and I'm here with all these other kids and my teacher, and I'm about to go play or do whatever, but you're leaving me. That's some conflict. So he said that he would take her, and I was so happy. And then today, he said he would take her too. And again, I was just so happy. Even though I know that I'm totally avoiding the conflict, and I probably just need to face it, I was just elated, let me tell you. It's the other kids, our other two kids, uh, we have three kids, the 11-year-old and the 7-year-old. It's their last week of school, and we recently moved, and we are driving them. It, it, it's not far. It's maybe like 10 miles, but it takes like 45 minutes about that to – 45 minutes in the morning to get there, 45 minutes to come back home in the car, and then an hour to get there in the afternoon, an hour to come back. So that's like – yeah, probably close to three and a half, four hours of driving a day right now, 
which is nuts. And I'm so excited for school to end, seriously. Um, but, but, but I was so happy that he said he would take her to preschool, which is like a mile away, <laughs> a 10 minute drive. I was willing to drive 45 minutes at the least, maybe about an hour each way to avoid the conflict of dropping her off. Isn't that crazy? I was so elated to have the privilege to drive 45 minutes each way. And that's another thing just from today, just from today. And I can't help but think about how my habit of avoiding conflict kind of does prevent me from becoming the best version of myself. Like, why can't I just face things head on? And I just think about how many opportunities maybe I don't go for because I'm afraid of the conflict. For I'll, I'll give you another example. Even just reaching out and talking to new people. Oh my God, new people are terrifying. Well, actually, even people I already know are terrifying, but especially new people because what if they reject me? What if they don't respond to me? Or what if they do respond to me and it's not the friendly response I had hoped for? Oh my gosh, that's more conflict, right? So even something as simple as reaching out to somebody, connecting, maybe a business thing, maybe not a business thing, maybe just as a friend, just to have another amazing friend. I will avoid reaching out to other people just because I'm afraid something about their response is going to make me feel like I am less than or not good enough and that I am therefore disappointing myself. And I can't help but think about how many amazing, incredible even, relationships I am missing out on personal and business simply because I am afraid of conflict. And the reason I even think conflict is going to occur is because I have this habit of just assuming the worst is going to happen every single time for no reason. And it would never hold up in the court of law. Never. Never. Even past, past evidence, but like in a different scenario, that doesn't hold up either because the present moment has its own scenario and it has its own factors that are moving around it. The present is not the past. No matter how much we want to drag the past into the present, the past is actually irrelevant and that point of time no longer exists. The only thing that exists from the past is the scars that we decide to, to hold inside of ourselves. That's it. And we put those scars inside of our heart. So just imagine your heart or like the midsection of your body and just stuffing it full of these proverbial scars. Imagine them. I imagine them to be like rocks, but now I'm going to make it weird. Whatever. I imagine like the rocks to be kind of like kind of hard cartilage maybe. <laughs> so this is this is what's going on in my head. So I imagine the scars to be like that. I don't imagine scars that I'm holding inside of my heart or 
my midsection, like my energetic section of my body. I don't imagine them to be like actual rock. I or I don't know, like granite or something. I don't imagine them to be like that. In my head, I imagine them to be like like kind of hard cartilage, like scar tissue, maybe, you know, whatever. Like if you had a giant ball of scar tissue, (laughs) let's go with that example. I'm so weird. Oh my God. Okay. So like giant balls of scar tissue, like the size of baseballs or softballs. (laughs) And we just keep shoving those all inside of our heart from all of these negative past experiences, what happens is as energy moves through our body and it flows and it naturally wants to rise, like imagine energy coming from the ground through your feet up through your midsection and it's moving its way through your actual heart, your chest, your neck, your head, and out the top. Just imagine this energetic flow that's coming through you. And what's blocking it? All this scar tissue, these softballs, these baseballs, this cartilage, rocks, whatever it is to you, it starts to block that energy and it becomes harder and harder and harder for that energy to go through. Well, you're the one that keeps shoving them in there. So imagine like a cartoon character that just like keeps eating, I don't know, like a, a pile of rocks or something funny, right? And they just start to to fill up their stomach and their stomach becomes this like giant stomach full of rocks, but whatever. We're not putting them into our stomach in this example, but I just want you to imagine a cartoon. And I feel like in a cartoon, that's what it would look like. Like we're the ones anyways that decide to keep doing this. Why are we shoving these rocks of scar tissue or baseballs of scar tissue inside of us? Why are we doing this? Why are we holding on to this stuff? We don't have to pick it up and hold on to it. That was a moment that happened in the past. That was a moment in time. And literally, that moment in time does not exist anymore because now we are in the present. Now we are in the present. That's it. That past moment doesn't exist anymore, but it's like we're picking up souvenirs, <laughs> really bad souvenirs, and deciding that deciding to carry them around with us inside of our our hearts. Why do we do that? Why why would we do that? They're not protecting us from anything. They're really not. All they're doing is they're preventing new energy from from flowing, which is what energy wants to do. That's it. We're blocking new, amazing, feel-good energy with old scars. Why do we do that? Why do we do that? I don't know. But I find that these old scars are what cause me to sway pretty much in the direction 100% of the time of assuming something negative is going to happen no matter what. Because I just pick up all these rocks, scar tissue, whatever you want to call it, and I just store them inside of me. When I equally have the option not to pick them up, not to pour, to store them inside of me, and to just leave them where they were and where they existed in the past. Why do they need to time travel with me? Huh? Why? (laughs) Why do they need to time travel? They really don't need to time travel. You know, humans are crazy. I think we 
we have invented a time machine, if you think about it, right? That we can take a moment of the past and literally bring it with us into the present. Isn't that what you would imagine a time machine to be? Isn't that weird when you actually think about that? I think that's really weird. And we do it all inside of our brain. The brain is fascinating. (laughs) It really is. You know, my undergraduate degree in, in college or university, whatever you call it, wherever you live, the thing you go to between the ages of 18 and 22 in the United States. Um, uh, my undergraduate degree is in neuroscience and I had wanted to go to medical school. That's another story. <laughs> Graduated with that degree in a minor in chemistry, dear God. Um, and the entire time that I was taking all these neuroscience classes, like I, I was just constantly fascinated by the mind, specifically synaptic transmissions. I was very fascinated by synaptic transmission. Like that, that was probably my favorite course. And synaptic transmissions are just like between nerves, neurotransmitters are released. So just imagine like little chemical balls for lack of better term. If you can just like imagine a biology image, like, you know, remember from your biology textbooks, just imagine like the end of a nerve, which usually looks like, like a cylinder with like a, a curved top Maybe that's a little bit more circular, like a mushroom almost, but not. So imagine that. And then it has this picture of like all these neurotransmitters. So like little chemical type things being released and it looks like little balls (laughs) and they just travel through and then they go to the next nerve and the next nerve takes them in. Anyways, so that's how the nerves communicate. And I always found that to be so fascinating, but literally like look at what we're doing with our minds we are taking something from the past that literally doesn't even exist these scars or remembrances these energetic remembrances ooh that's a good term we take these energetic remembrances with us into the future we literally make them time travel and they're not even physical objects They're not even physical objects. And then we store them inside of us, inside of our energetic spiritual center, our heart, however you want to describe it. We store them there and they're not even physical objects. These scars are not, I know we're calling them scars or like scar tissue or cartilage or rocks, but they're not like they literally don't even exist. They do not exist physically but we are storing them inside of us and we are taking them with us everywhere we go. If you feel heavy, no wonder why you feel heavy. If your soul feels heavy, if your soul feels exhausted, how many rocks or baseballs of scar tissue are you carrying around with you? How many? And those are are what cause us to behave in particular ways, in so many ways. But just for in reference for this episode, it's avoiding conflict. But they will cause you to do other things too. The, the, it basically, as I opened it with this episode with, it dictates your entire life. All of this does. And we just keep on taking it with us, taking it with us, when we could actually just leave it there where it belongs. We don't have to take it with us. 
We don't have to take it with us. So just imagine if I continue to get better and better and better because that's what I do because I do actively work on it and I am a fan of personal growth, personal development. I'm getting better at just leaving it where it belongs in the past because it doesn't actually exist and I don't need to make it time travel. Although I have the power of making it time travel, I'm choosing not to make it time travel. Isn't that fascinating? And I just leave it there. And I get better and better and better at just leaving it there. But hello, imperfect woman. I'm not perfect. I did it today at least two times that I can think of. And it's only, it's nearly 11 a.m. So what else does the day hold for me? I don't even know. I I literally don't even know. But I do trust myself that whatever comes my way, I'm going to be able to handle it, no matter how something turned out in the past. And I have to leave those rocks where they belong. Just because I have opened emails, I call them nasty grams, just because I've opened nasty grams before, many of them, hundreds of them, doesn't mean this email is going to be a nasty gram. And also, if you think about it, why can't I take the the positive rock with me? Although it doesn't, it wouldn't even be a rock because the positivity isn't an energetic block. But like, imagine if there were like, maybe like in a video game or something, how you like, collect a positive orb or something like a gold coin. I don't know, something, something that feels good. And you stored all of those inside of you instead of picking up the negative rocks, right? But positive, we're we're not going to store a bunch of positive things. We'll just block the energy flow that's coming through. There's no point in storing positive things. There's only point in storing negative things to block our energy, right? Why would we block our energy with positive things? If you imagine energy flows from the ground through your feet all the way through the top of your head. It's all just so silly, isn't it? I love talking about this stuff. It's just silly. It's just silly. So what am I going to do? (laughs) to get better at avoiding conflict. For me, I think it's just leaning into knowing that I am a good person. I am a person of integrity. I am a person that is ethical. I am, I'm just a good person and I'm not going to do something on purpose to harm somebody else in any way ever. I'm just not going to. And I think it's knowing that and carrying that with me everywhere I go, like those internal ethos, I guess maybe I'll describe them as just knowing that that is me, knowing that that is my self-identity and how I see myself. Yeah, this is identity work, I'd say. So if you don't see yourself in this way, move forward in starting to see yourself in this way. If you're not a person of integrity, like go back and look at the things that you've done that have not been integrity and simply decide to stop doing that, 
right? It's it. If you've done things that were not ethical in the past, and if you've done them intentionally, maybe stop doing things that are not ethical, right? So you still can change in this moment, but I think it's the ability to identify as that kind of person and then just know whatever conflict, external conflict is coming at you, or if I'm talking about me, whatever external conflict is coming at me, I just know that I am a good person and I'm not doing anything intentionally wrong or to harm another person. Therefore, I should not be disappointed in myself no matter what I'm about to experience with this storm that's coming at me, right? And the storm is not only just an email. It could be a phone call. It could be a chat. It could be an in-person type of interaction. A storm can come in in many forms. Think of it as like, I imagine it as like a red fiery ball that's spinning through the air at light speed coming at me. (laughs) That's what conflict looks like to me in my mind's eye. So if that horrible looking thing is coming at me, it's kind of like I know I have my armor on, my shield maybe, because I am deeply rooted in my identity as a good person, a person of integrity, an ethical person, someone that is not going to ever intentionally do something negative to another person or scenario. So that's kind of like my shield. So as I move towards conflict, if needed, like sometimes it's just not needed to go and fight someone about something, but if it is needed and I do need to defend my integrity, just say for an example, then I know that I have that shield because I am that type of person and I can move into that conflict just feeling grounded and safe about myself in You know, even if it's a simple, I mean, this sounds like so dramatic what I'm talking about, but even if I take it back and it's something as simple as taking my daughter to her summer camp at preschool, I know I am a good mom. Let's use it in this way. I know I am a good mom and I always do my best to care for her and give her opportunities and I would never do something that is not in her best interest. So even if she cries five minutes, I know that five minutes later, she's going to be super happy. She's going to be playing with a whole bunch of kids. She's getting social interaction. She's learning her letters, her numbers. She obviously speaks English at home, but at school she speaks Spanish. Like she's learning a second language and she's two. And how amazing is that? Because I never got that opportunity until we had that like one hour of forced Spanish in middle school and high school that leaves American teenagers not even being able to have a conversation in Spanish. Like how cool is it that I'm giving her that opportunity to be bilingual at such a young age? So I think about all of that. And I'm like, she's fine. (laughs) So even if I have to deal with this conflict deep down inside of me, I know that I am the solid person on inside. I'm not doing anything wrong. And that means that I can deal with this conflict. It's okay. I can just move through it. 
And that's how I tend to handle conflict. It's just like, even like I told you today, when I didn't have to do that, see, like I fully know I can. If I had to drop her off, it's not a problem. Like I can. And I told you my whole plan to deal with that and how I deal with that. But it just, I liked that I didn't have to. (laughs) So yeah, that's me avoiding conflict. I know that I can, I know that I'm capable of it. And if necessary, I do move headfirst into conflict, but I do have a habit of avoiding conflict and maybe that habit is good, but also maybe that habit is bad. I don't know. I feel like there's pros and cons and there's probably pros and cons to your habit of avoiding conflict. But I think if we can understand ourselves in like the, the small little silly interactions that I talked about today, I think we can do a better job of becoming the best, most fully expressed versions of ourselves, which is our life purpose anyways. Oh my gosh. All right. Thank you for joining me here on Imperfect Woman on this podcast. And you can go follow me on Instagram at Mallory Tadimi, M-A-L-O-R-I-E-T-A-D. IMI. You can follow Imperfect Woman HQ on Instagram, HQ meaning like headquarters. Um, you can check out what I'm doing in Clients Online. You can go to clientsonlinesystem.com if you're an entrepreneur and you follow me for business growth stuff. And then imperfectwoman.com, we are going to have ready soon with really amazing physical products that make your life better. And I'm working hard on that. And I'm really excited for this brand. Thank you so much for being here with me. I love you. Sometimes I just need to talk to my bestie. So thanks for listening. All right. Bye.